Hello and welcome back to the 36th episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast with your host, Barrett Leon. And of course, we have the lovely, as always, Ashley Downing. Hello, guys. Hey, okay. So, guys, we have a very special episode lined up for you tonight. We are going to talk about a few things. We are going to talk about uh, a couple good notes. Ashley has her own. Um, she's going to talk about some prisoners getting released from jail in um, ahead of the coronavirus crisis that we have because, as we know, they're all confined and that just makes sense. It's good policy. Um, we're also going to talk about um, a really amazing story about how this uh, businessman from Illinois um, secured 10 million K95 masks from China using his connections uh, when he usually does not is not in the business of transporting masks or anything like that. So uh, that's also going to be talked about. Another thing is we're going to play a clip for you um, about Donald Trump talking about how Americans need to brace for a very, very painful two weeks. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to hear from him. And then after that, we are going to go over the numbers, um, not only for the United States, but also um, a couple of, or a few other countries that are up, up there with us, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and uh, dive in. So, Ashley, take it away with your good note of the day. Okay, so, um, I mean, I don't write this is positive because they're being released, but it's sad because obviously it's for this coronavirus pandemic. But a lot of governors have been um, either early releasing prisoners who have served the majority of their sentence or, and, and are nonviolent offenders, um, or they're allowing people who are nonviolent offenders to be paroled early. Um, and this is also actually happening in jails for pretrial detainees. Um, not in every state, but California, I was reading, is trying to release 3,500 3, prisoners, um, which is <clears throat> a huge, huge number. I know that obviously some um, state prosecutors are saying that prisons are taking a lot of precautions and so that's kind of unnecessary, but uh, California is planning on releasing uh, those prisoners, which is awesome. And then in Illinois, J.B. Pritzker, uh, he gets this question actually a lot at his daily press conferences. the fact that they're because Illinois is known for its Department of Corrections. Um, and he has been saying that they're looking into doing this exact thing, releasing people from prisons and jails. And they're actually recently released 300. Um, and it says 300 more, which leads to believe that there were prior incarcerated folks that were released also so i'm not sure if maybe they um are this is not the first time that they've done that but i know that um they recently released 300 more so that's pretty pretty positive 
That is pretty positive. I think that they're uh, at least responding to the crisis in a positive way and not like completely just denying it and letting the problem get worse inside the jails where they're all confined and all their health is at risk. Yeah. Unnecessarily, you know? Well, and let's not forget, too. I mean, there there's a lot of other people within the Department of Corrections system that goes in and out of those jails and prisons. Not just, I mean, correctional officers are an obvious one, but healthcare workers, they always have nurse on staff. Um, they're um, doctors, they're psychiatrists, um, they're rec counselors. I mean, these are just regular people that are going in there and they're not, they're not, um, they're, they're there just to do a job. They're considered essential employees and they're not wearing any sort of protective gear like masks or gloves or anything like that. I was watching a news article about it and, you know, they were talking about how when she, um, there was a lawyer and she went into court and the, the sheriff's deputy who was bringing out the incarcerated um, person, he, he wasn't wearing gloves or anything. And he's like, you know, like they're, they're, they're touching this person, you know, that came from this place where you're standing two feet from somebody basically at all times. Um, so it's kind of good for everybody, I think, you know, for the employees that work there, too. That is good um, for them, of course, uh, especially because, like, those kind of resources right now are just, like, hard to get in general, yeah. you know? Like, everyone all over the global market is looking for these, um, these like, protective, uh, the PPE, um, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, to, to get to have that at all is a blessing. Um, one thing I also wanted to mention now that you were, um, we were also talking about the prisoners, something that was really surprising um, to me uh, to know is that Governor Cuomo of New York actually is, leave, uh, is leaving some at risk New Yorkers behind and he is leaving actually those prisoners behind. So like there are uh, currently approximately 43,000 people in- incarcerated in New York State. Um, and tens of thousands of people who are employed there. Um, currently at Rikers Island, notorious for its prisoner abuse. Um, conditions are reportedly so unsafe there that um, 45 incarcerated people in two of its dorms began a strike over the weekend, refusing to leave for work duties or meals. They did so in protest of, among other things, the crowded living conditions that make so-called social distancing impossible. The incarcerated people would require such drastic, uh, such a drastic demonstration um, only puts an even harsher light on elected officials, mm-hmm. including Cuomo. So um, they have yet to be saved by um, the governor and the system yeah. behind it. So. <clears throat> I think he's leaving. That's really irresponsible of him and uh, something that should be known uh, about like how he's treating it because like he has come out as like right up there with like the president and people watching him with like the same credibility, uh, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's it's really interesting that you say that, too, because I was actually just listening to something right before we, we started recording about 
about Governor Cuomo and how he has acted really fast as far as, you know, their healthcare system, really getting them to work together between localities and setting up all of these extra hospitals and whatnot. But then when it comes to the, the their Department of Corrections, which is also really well known, like Illinois, um, he has kind of dropped the ball in that regard with releasing inmates um, and pretrial detainees from jail even because he, he says that they're taking accurate measures to prevent the spread of it in their facilities, which I think is kind of hard to believe. But I heard I was hearing something about the, um, that they have certain parts of facilities that aren't being used uh, normally, so they're able to kind of spread them out more. Um, which is somewhat, I can see that being somewhat true because I know from being in, uh, being at Cook County Jail, just volunteering, I've seen they, there are parts that aren't being used, but these are like pods, you know, this is like where you can, you know, put a couple of, you know, maybe 15 ish people. And that's not if you're using every single pod with only or every single cell with one person which is what you would need you know so I don't I don't see that New York is really able to do the things that Governor Cuomo says that they're doing to cut this down which makes him kind of look bad because it makes him seem like he doesn't really care I will leave that up to the people to decide that Um, but that is not looking good for Governor Cuomo in that regard at least uh, when it comes to the, uh, the treatment of the inmates and making sure that their health uh, also comes first, you know. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the next topic. Um, and that is how one man, uh, one Illinois businessman got 10 or is getting 10 million masks to Illinois after a check uh, stumps the local banks. But uh, yes, so let me go ahead and play this clip for you. So that's a pretty amazing story, I think, uh, of how yeah. just an ordinary businessman stepped up to the plate, saw the need of the, his community and his state, and used his resources for the good, uh, the good of everybody. You know, um, ten million masks in this at this time is an immense amount of help one area so that's going to be one of the best um, that's one of the, the greatest things I've seen in the last few days uh, especially the biggest numbers and donations like because even in a couple episodes or if not the last episode I mentioned that Under Armour um, was going to create 500,000 for the state of Maryland and that's well that's also like gowns not only masks but gowns and other things like that too other PPE so to have 10 million is an immense blessing. Yeah, I can't believe that. I mean, that's just awesome. I mean, that's like the good news that you want to turn on your television and see. That's really positive. Um, and it, it, these are these are little things that make me smile in times of crisis like this, seeing people in the community come together. That's really cool of him. It was. It was. Well, it is really cool of him. Uh, so kudos to you, John. Mr. John McCulloch. Yeah, John. Uh, Shout out. 
Hey, okay, cool. Um, so next thing, we are gonna play another clip for you guys, and this is once again about um, Donald Trump talking to Americans earlier today about um, how they need to brace for a very, very painful two weeks. But I will let the orange man himself tell you. <laughs> so just give me just a moment for that. I am happy that he's finally being a little bit more honest about everything. I don't know if it's because he's finally realizing how severe this is going to end up being. Um, But I think that this is something that we have all kind of seen seen coming. Uh, Like we've talked about multiple times, the country was never going to be opened back up and everything back to normal by Easter. You know, we knew people weren't going to be going to church on Easter. Um, so I think that it's nice to finally see our commander in chief uh, being a little bit more honest about everything, as sad as it is. I think you're right, actually. Uh, at least in this case, I think he's finally realizing that it's bad. Although I would like to see more action on his part, like more action and less talk because yeah. he's talking to talk, but he's not walking the walk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, like he, earlier today, he said, um, and I quote, it's a matter of life and death, frankly. It's a matter of life and death. Like he, he read it uh, that a couple times. So... He, he sounds like he's being empathetic to the situation, like he grasps it, uh, how depth, it's depth and complexity and how, or the gravity of the situation. But he is not doing more to address it, you know? Like he should be doing more. He should be like talking to the Fed, making, being a, that deal maker, quote unquote, that he claims to be. Yeah. Um, you know, for the American people. Well, and I think, too, the fact that, and we talked about this yesterday, you know, the the stimulus thing, the stimulus bills didn't, you know, provide the, the, the much-needed resources to New York, which is the epicenter of the crisis here in the U.S. And you have governors to, you know, daily at their press conferences saying that they are still waiting on federal supplies that they were promised. I mean... Trump, it's nice to hear him taking this seriously in a press conference finally, but it would be nice if he would provide these resources that states need. Um, And I don't think that governors are lying when it's multiple, you know? I, I, I heard Trump say something yesterday about, well, where are they going? Are they just going in the back, going out the back door? And it's like, <laughs> well, I don't know, but don't you think that you should maybe figure that out? Because you say that you're giving them these supplies and they are not receiving them. So something is happening and maybe we should figure this out because um, I think that's your department, President. Like, well, would have been smarter of him to be like, okay, like, so he infamously told um, Governor Cuomo, like, oh, maybe you might not need, like, 30,000 yeah. uh, ventilators for your state. Like, even though New York State, as we know, has the most cases by far 
in the well, and it's States not like Governor Cuomo just now. pulled that number out of his ass. I mean, he has mass statisticians. He had people who came up, experts that came up with this number. I mean, <laughs> oh, and Trump just thinks that he he knows everything. But like, what a real like. <laughs> A real ingenuitive like uh, solution or a entrepreneur like kind of way to take that would have been to like have that have the private sector come in and be like okay well the reason why the reason why he's like maybe you might need it you don't need it a is because they're really expensive and they're hard to get so what do you do in that case you work with what you got and I would uh, I would think he would have um, Ask the private sector, ask Silicon Valley, ask all these manufacturers, okay, this is the task. Can you do this? Can you help make this better, make this cheaper? Yeah. That would have been a much better solution. And we see like that, like MIT came out with a ventilator. Um, other places are kind of like coming out with ventilators. Ford used a, uh, one of the parts for their F-150 trucks to create our ventilators. Um, so they're being ingenuitive, but it needs to be led on at the highest level of the country. You know, that's where like the president is supposed to be there. But like we have mentioned in the past, Donald Trump, the president is not is not currently filling those shoes. And it's fucked up, to be honest. Yeah. So if you guys vote for him, know that you are contributing to this. And he is not the man he claims to be. He's a fucking con man. (laughs) He's a fucking con man. (sighs) Okay. But I think it's a great place to segue into the numbers of how we are. Um, Let's start off globally. I think that's uh, an interesting number to go over really quick. So uh, total uh, global coronavirus cases as of today are 858,669. We have 42,000 deaths, uh, 42,151 deaths, and about 175,000 have recovered. Or 178, I bet. But uh, let's go on to the countries now. Uh, we have the United States, of course, leading the pack, um, not in a good way, so, <laughs> at um, 188,530, so closing in on that 200,000 case milestone. Uh, Italy has, is next at 105,792, and Spain at 95,000. 923 and then fourth we have china of course um at eight uh, 81,518 so even though they kind of started this whole uh, epidemic they kind or p- pandemic they did a good job of controlling another country um by by force really yeah. uh let's i don't want to sugarcoat it um like they they use force to, to get this done but it, it's effective you know and that's how they get their shit done so kudos to them for, for doing that um so um anything you wanted to mention specifically about the numbers ash um well i did 
just kind and I, I mentioned this to you earlier the the fact that this number here for the total cases in the United States is uh, almost at 200,000 today in that press conference president the white house task force had president trump mentioned and dr fauci that the number the death toll in the united states is supposed to be somewhere between 100,000 deaths and 240,000 deaths so the fact that we're almost at 200,000 cases um i mean that's an alarming number if that's the amount of deaths we might have how many more cases are we going to see um so that's scary to me and i i also can't help but think these other countries are have a have a lower number of cases and they've been fighting this it seems uh longer than we have um so it makes me worry that our here in the united states it could be worse than it was anywhere else so I kind of did a little math of while you were talking um, because the, the entire, the total number of cases in the entire planet is about a million, give or take like a couple hundred thousand. Um, so, uh, and the, the total deaths right now is 42,151. So basically like, uh, we'll call it like 50,000 or, or whatnot. Um, so if we're going to do it like that, then it would be like 4 million cases to have that 240, uh, wait, no, it would be another million. So it'd be 5 million cases in the United States, 5 million cases to, yeah, to get, um, to get 240,000 or 250,000, whatever deaths. So that that's what's startling to me when I see these numbers. Yeah. That is scary. I mean, China had their first case reported case of coronavirus only 10 days before we did. And they are down 100,000 cases than us. Did they re- I don't think that, that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't sound right to me. Ten days. Before. It says that their first reported case was January tenth, and ours was January twentieth. No way, that's crazy. Isn't that? I did not think it was that close. I thought it was like, oh, it it felt like so much more. And in China, the uh, total cases per million population and total deaths per million population is much lower than ours in comparison to the amount of um, to how long we've had the, the 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 virus for like theirs is 57 total cases per 1 million and ours is 570 it's literally 100 yeah. times more damn yeah just for 10 days isn't that crazy that's wild that just goes to show how inadequate our leaders are because that's basically what China operates on, you know? Like, their president, Xi Jinping, has, like, an iron fist over that country, you yeah. know? So that's how they get their shit done, and it goes from the top down, but unfortunately, the same thing doesn't happen here. 
and I don't I don't mean like I want people to get like arrested and pull out of their houses and that, all that communist shit you know but um, I want a more sensible logical reaction from our leaders yeah more than yeah. I think that Trump's getting a lot of um, kudos for his stimulus bill and providing economic relief for small businesses and working class people but it, <laughs> this is a lot more than just an economic crisis Mr. President this is a bit you know this is a lot this is a healthcare crisis this is a pandemic this is a I mean there's more to see here than just the economy and I hope that uh, people get off this high of getting their $1,200 in three weeks and realize that Trump is dropping the ball on everything else besides the economy. And he's not even doing that well. Like, look at yeah, look at where he's exactly. gotten us, you know? I mean, it, it, it was bound to happen no matter what because we were due for a recession. Um, <laughs> That's but sad. I think it's just... I mean, it's amazing to see, like what the government is doing in response to this crisis um, and not trying to make it uh, or just trying to have it be a health crisis and trying to really heavily minimize the financial downside of this, which is, of course, inevitable. Yeah. Because this shit is not ending anytime soon. That's why they were so eager. That's why Trump was eager to open the country up by Easter to have businesses start uh, fully making money. Because right now, the government is the one putting the bill for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, and I remembered another and, thing. I think that the... Um, I was actually just read this on this worldometers.info uh, that the day resets after midnight GMT time. I don't know what that means, but um, so the chart that I I was looking at, and I'm guessing you were looking at when we were talking about these numbers, was uh, had a little less information. But if you click on the yesterday tab, it has the stuff from the previous 24 hours, um, and that was another chart that I thought was pretty startling. Italy had a really crazy high number yesterday with 837 deaths, but we were not trailing behind by that much. We actually had the same amount of new deaths as Spain with 748 new deaths. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a battle for uh, the worst country. wild. Or the worst off country, yeah. It's crazy, dude. All competing for the worst. <sighs> Who's sicker? Fuck that, dude. Uh, one thing that I think uh, was really notable and cool today was a tweet a, a few hours ago by um, Representative Elhan Omar, and she was calling for all economic sanctions to be lifted during the crisis. Huh. And I think that's actually really good policy. And she, that's the first I've ever heard of a politician calling for that during this yeah, time. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think that's a really great idea. 
because like imagine what that's doing like even during good times it crushes those countries you yeah know? like venezuela is a result mostly because of economic sanctions um same thing with iran um same thing with a bunch of these countries all over the world that we have sanctions against and it's causing disparities in their own nations north korea is one of them and we think uh especially north korea that they're using propaganda to to to, to show that like how well prepared they are for uh, coronavirus but i feel like maybe because of how secluded they are that might be actually a benefit for them that's actually a crazy so interesting idea. I wonder if more people will rally behind that. I I hope more Democrats will do it. Um at, at least progressives I feel like would probably join in with her like AOC, um Rashida Tlaib, people like that. Um but when it comes to like an executive level like Trump administration I feel like definitely not and the GOP I feel like they would not really like that at all um, so we'll see where it goes but I feel like the idea itself is really cool so kudos to uh, representative Ilhan Omar you do bomb okay so I think it's a great place to end this episode um, thank you guys so much once again for tuning in Please give us a five-star rating if you're listening on Apple um, Podcasts. If you got any kind of value out of this pod, if you got any kind of value out of this episode, that would be much appreciated. Also, give us a follow on our Facebook. You can find us at the Oligarchy Disruptor Podcast and Twitter at Ben the Disruptor and Ashley Ash the Disruptor. Perfect. And then also make sure you guys fucking vote. We still have to vote. Half the country has to vote. Bernie Sanders is still in the game against Joe Biden. And we have to still put up a fight. It's not the time to give up now. Let's at least make our voice heard. If you vote, if you support for Bernie Sanders, even if you think that Joe Biden might win in the end, vote your conscience. Vote uh, for whoever you think. Um, is the best person for the job, you know? So that's ultimately what it comes down to. But I'll let the queen of voting herself uh, tell you a little bit more about that. So take it away, Ashley. Thanks, Bennett. Um, Okay, so do not forget to vote. The whole spiel Bennett just said, very, very, very important, guys. If you do not know where your polling place is, there's this really handy website, and it has a super funny title, yourfuckingpollingplace.com. Um, it's a super easy website to maneuver because there is only one thing on the website, a place to put your address. And then you press send and a little box shows up with the address of your polling location. The times that they are open, I believe, are also there. Um, so that's yourfuckingpollingplace.com. And then if you have any questions about voting like what your ballot might look like there's a lot of other things that are on the ballot besides the presidential nominee um if you have any questions about your registration status if you can same day register to vote 
Um, all miscellaneous information about voting is on this other really cool website called rockthevote.org. It's been around for a really long time. They have everything that you could ever imagine about voting. So, And I think you can actually find links there to register to vote online if your state is still doing that. Um, so rockthevote.org. Do not forget to vote, guys. It all started with a phone call on Friday afternoon, you guys. I got a distress call from John Mikulski, who said, I need some help. His goal, to get 10 million masks to Illinois and fast. That's it. He's a private businessman who knew how to locate them. He knew how to ship them, even pay for them in this case. But he stumped a suburban bank who didn't want to clear the $12 million check he was waving in the air at the time. If someone didn't act fast, it meant life-saving PPE shipped from China and designated for Illinois was going to go to someone else. We're watching the news, and all we see is everyone running out of medical supplies. One thing that I'm fairly good at is getting product from China to here. John Mikulski isn't typically in the business of transporting masks, gowns, and gloves to the United States. He specializes in delivering pumps, air conditioners, and so much more. He's been at it for 40 years. I want every American to be prepared for the hard days that lie ahead. We're going to go through a very tough two weeks. And then hopefully, as the experts are predicting, as I think a lot of us are predicting after having studied it so hard, we're going to start seeing some real light at the end of the tunnel. But this is going to be a very painful, very, very painful two weeks. When you look and see at night the kind of death that's been caused by this invisible enemy. It's, it's incredible. 